Yeah, Mark Ruffalo, like, said something. I don't know if, if you want me to say what it was, but he basically said, oh, we filmed this scene for Infinity War, but they didn't use it. Uh, and immediately I'm like, wait a minute, they... But you guys filmed Infinity War and Endgame back-to-back, so is that going to be an Endgame? And it's really irritated me. Like, he's... I don't think he gets... Like, even though I've talked to him multiple times, like, I don't think he gets being quiet about stuff, you know? I mean, he's not Tom Holland, though. Nobody's as bad as Tom Holland. No, he's well. Where they literally had to like, they, where Kevin Feige said like, we won't give Tom Holland anything but his lines because he's so bad at spoiling things. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But like Don Cheadle won't do uh, press with uh, Mark Ruffalo because last time he did press with him, he had, he spoiled like Infinity War. Really? Like during a press? Yeah. Oh yeah. He spoiled a lot of stuff and like he, uh, as he was what talking. Unless there's like a unless it, he actually spoils somebody like a character death or anything like that, then it, some of it is just really obvious. He, well, he didn't like say he didn't say specific characters, but he was like, yeah. uh, what was it? Uh, he says something about like, yeah, there's um, there's a lot of deaths in this in this movie, and Don Cheadle kind of started to kind of give him like side eyes, and he's like, well, yeah, like like all like everybody dies. And Don Cheadle's like, "Are you serious, dude? Shut up!" <laughs> like, he ca- and then and then there's a moment where the interviewer is asking him follow up question, and Mark Ruffalo like turns to Don Cheadle and is like, "Is Kevin gonna be mad at me?" <laughs> like, yes, yes, he's gonna be mad at you. But it's crazy. Did you see they did a um, they did a Q and A? Um, I don't know what convention it was but they did the same convention last year so they put yeah. the same they put the same uh, chairs on stage but just half of them are full <laughs> no i didn't do that <laughs> yeah I, I honestly i watched i watched uh the two trailers mm-hmm. and then after that anytime something comes on i click away from not just not because i'm worried about being spoiled or anything like that because again like I have my own theories, sure. But after that, they already spoil enough in their promotional materials. But ha- like the fact that all their posters have every major character on there, like yeah, again, you know that there's going to be some type of comeback, right? But at the same time, like come on, like you killed half the characters and you're willing to put them on the poster. Like no, let's let's keep the facade going. It's uh, it's it's bothered me, but I'm not watching any of their videos. I don't want to hear them talk, but I don't care enough. Like, I'm, I already gave you guys my money. I already bought my tickets early. I'm going to go on Sunday. Uh, it's already going to be hard enough to avoid spoilers for two days. I don't need to see every promotional material and every interview that you do with these people. I might watch them after the fact, but I, I honestly don't care. Like, well, I cared more about Dirk retiring this, this week than I oh, care no. about the, the actors outside of the movie. I care about the no, characters inside the movie, and unless they're doing their interviews in character. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> also, well, also, the Russos admitted and have even pointed out things. They're like, oh, yeah, that's in the trailer. It's not in the movie. Like, they filmed stuff specifically for the trailer. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the movie. Um and yeah, that, I think that makes it worse. Where you're like, am I and should I anticipate this scene if it doesn't show up? Like, I don't know. It, it feels weird to me when when you get into that territory. Hey, David. Um, yeah, and you know that they're doing that. It's just, and you know that that's like a 
it's a big famous movie thing where it's like we're gonna put stuff in the. Tra- and it always has bugged me. Yeah. Whenever but... you see something in the tra- in any trailer, uh-huh. not a, just a Marvel trailer, but when you see something in a trailer and then they don't put it in the movie, and it's like you literally just made this for promotional yep. material. Yep. Well, I've got some I've got some theories on what's in the what's in the trailer that's not in the movie, like yeah. Stark Stark talking to the talk like uh really the recording that he's leaving. I don't think that's in the movie. Like I think they filmed all of that just for the for the trailer. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's possible. This weekend our collective heads wanna put an old rumor to bed. Stereotype that you've all heard. How we're all just angry video game nerds. Most of us have actual jobs. Kids and families and cats and dogs, yeah. This week in our collective heads. This week in our collective heads. Welcome to This Week in Our Collective Heads. I'm Patrick, joined as every week by Owen. Hello! We are hanging out, giving you the gaming news like we do every single week on YouTube and Facebook. Facebook Live every single week so you can hang out with us on Thursdays. Possibly moving that... But we are definitely doing a rebrand, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully next week. What do you think? Think we can do it? I think we could do it. I think we please can do look it. forward to it. Yes, please be excited. We will. Uh, we'll also announce it on. You know, I'll announce more stuff on Twitter and Facebook, so you can follow us there and uh, stay up to date. Because we we post a lot of smaller stuff there that's just cool stuff that we may not want to talk about too much. You know, like a new trailer that came out. Uh, not not spoiling any movies or anything, but like new video mm-hmm. game announcements and stuff that uh maybe something quicker so yeah check us out on uh, twitter and uh, facebook it's good stuff so i've been thinking about whether or somebody suggested this to me and i just hadn't thought about it i'm making like a discord just for fun i might do it i already have it i i might i might have already made one um i have to see if i named it the right thing or not whenever i was initially thinking about it so i might already have control of it so we might do that too where if you feel like joining the community you just feel like talking about things yeah, we can uh, maybe do that. Not, yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, uh, I'll say that I, I, I don't know how often I'll be on it, but I'll try to be on it and at least give it a way to hang out. Especially, I, I feel like Discord's a, a cooler way to hang out when you're just playing games and like chatting yeah. stuff. Like, I feel like it's it's a better way to do it than just using Twitch's uh, like interfaces and stuff like yeah. that. So I think I like using cool. it for that too. Where if we if we were or not we were if we are able to uh build uh the community out a little bit and get some action like you know and you're looking for, for friendly people to play with and yeah things like that you know uh it could be cool no i think it'd be cool yeah we should definitely make a discord if we haven't already we'll let you know about that as well with the with the rebrand next week yeah hopefully. so uh and i think we should start off like we started off we've been starting off this way um mm-hmm. i know what you've been playing lately and I've been playing a little bit of it as well, but how are you feeling about Final Fantasy VII? On the Switch. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I still, you know, everybody knows how I feel about Final Fantasy VII at this point. It's better than six. It's okay. Greatest uh, game ever. Yeah. One of the greatest games ever. Yeah. Um, on the Switch, it's great. I mean, I know that anybody who has a, a Vita uh, already has experienced this, but honestly, the Switch screen is bigger than the Vita. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but there's something about the fact I just got out of Midgar again for probably the one millionth time. I just got <laughs> to the the Midgar Zolum, mm-hmm. uh, I can't tell you how many times I've done that. 
Yeah, just that part. Like, <laughs> just that part. I've stopped playing yep. right after I got out of Midgar so many Sa times. Um, same with Zelda and getting the uh, uh, the very first uh, the three stones. Yeah. Yeah. Getting the Master Sword and be like, you know, I'm good. It's uh, fun. So I got to the Midgar Zolom and I forgot uh, what level I need to be to use my um, uh, enemy skill materia to get. Yeah. Uh, is it beta? I want to say it's beta. I think it's beta. Uh, and it turned out that I was not the right level for that. Uh, I need about a thousand more HP mm. to survive. Uh, God mode just for fun, but it turns out with the way that God mode works, where if he manages to uh, uh, hit you for more HP than you have, mm -hmm. the way that the God mode works is it just powers your HP back up. And it can't do that if you're you know a thousand back so you actually die so yeah. the god mode is not impenetrable um as i discovered uh but the best thing is 3x speed yeah you were telling me about that which i haven't i haven't messed with how do you how do you access that i honestly i know that you can access it is it like the is it so just you, the go ahead. If, you, if you click left stick that's 3x yeah if you click the right stick that's god mode if you click both okay. sticks that's no encounters gotcha okay yeah, or no random encounters it popped up at the very beginning and i was like oh that's really cool i'm gonna keep playing the game and like i didn't go reference it again but yeah um, so all the text all regular battles everything at 3x like your battles are so much faster you get to run around so every once in a while i turn it back down if i need you know a specific um like for the squat challenge in yeah. Uh, Sector six. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I had, gotta, to, I, had, I had to turn off three X for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but who knows how? You know, I'll keep playing for as long as I need to. I've beaten the game plenty of times already. It's more just I needed something that was familiar and yeah. it was on handheld. Yeah. I didn't have to think about it. And you know, who doesn't love being cloud? I think I've only beaten it uh, like once. I've I've gotten through Midgar countless times, uh, and I've gotten to I've gotten to I guess what it would be would have been disc three where pretty much everything is opened up, uh, and you can you know freely get around and race chocobos and everything. Like I've done that probably three or four times, um, but a lot of times I would just sit on that save file and then just like breed to get golden chocobos and then race them and get tons of money at uh, the golden saucer but go get fun. your knights of the round yep get the knights of the round master it if you can oh yeah, yeah. Right, the only awesome. thing i've never done is i never beat uh, i've never beaten ruby weapon uh i haven't either and i beat emerald several times uh, but i've never beat ruby yeah um and i don't know if i ever will i don't care enough but so it'll, uh, the, the part that I normally get to and stop if I don't stop at Midgar is I get to the date and I always try to get it to be Barrett but mm -hmm. I always mess it up somewhere um, uh, I've even tried to like because there's a trophy for it on PlayStation uh, okay. and I've tried to like follow the thing and I still somehow messed up and got uh, either Aeris or Tifa uh, well, I've been pl I've been playing a little bit of Final Fantasy VII, but honestly, I've been playing more Sekiro again. I know, like I talked about that last week, but sure. Uh, I came across the the first uh, boss uh, in the world, which I'm gonna like speed up just slightly here. So it captured my gameplay, um, and I had uh, I have a little beef with this guy. I mean, not only is he ridiculously hard, but um, 
I, I think I told you about this. The the bosses have um, uh, a meter not only for their their like their poise and their stance. That's the big guy yeah. right there with the giant sword. Uh, yeah. So you have to bring down their their uh, their guard essentially, so you can deal yeah. a death blow, and that takes off one uh, token, whatever you call it, one indicator. He has two indicators, but I, he's glitched out and healed himself. And it really irritates me where I'm like, I get, I took the one death blow and then I wait for, uh, you know, I, I try to get him down with the other one and then he glitches and he heals. And it wasn't like a prompted thing where, uh, where he like drank a potion or something. Mm. So I was re I was kind of irritated about that and I haven't seen anybody else experience it, but I mean, he's ridiculously hard and, if you're ridiculously hard and you're cheaping me out, that kind of irritates me. So did you say this guy's optional or is just one of the bosses? No, no, he's not optional. He's one. Of, he's the first boss. Um, the oh, first. So you're still pretty early. I'm still pretty early. This is the first boss that uh, there's a there's one of those like purposeful. There's no real way to lose the, to win this fight kind of bosses, and mm. the actual game starts. Uh, and mm. that's this is this is the first guy. Um, I found a way that you can cheese him to like then backstab because you can backstab him uh but that only works for one of them but eventually i'll get through him uh i don't know if you wanted to segue into uh should games be easy here because yeah kind of talking that's what i was gonna say yeah we uh, it was something that was uh that push square uh was posted on push square and a lot of people talked about this for for quite a while and yeah. saying should games have an easy mode um, specifically about accessibility. If someone is, um, you know, either they, if they have a disability or, you know, as simple as like my brother has, um, like at least one of his fingers that doesn't work as, uh, as dexterous as it used to. Cause I think, I, I think he broke it at one point. I can't remember, but I mean, we all have challenges like that. And should a game have an option for people who just want to say experience the story and not get good what do you think i think that everybody's lying first not everybody a lot of people are lying <laughs> i think you're right um because you don't you want to do it like you, you there are some people, yeah, again, I'm not saying everybody's lying. Uh, I don't want that to come off completely cold. But the reason that they're doing it is because they can't beat it. And they want to enjoy it. And they sure. want to be a part of the zeitgeist, which is, is a big thing with a game like Sekiro and um, previous games. And, you know, a lot of From Software games, to be honest, um, that so many people say so many good things about, even though I don't, from an easy mode perspective on, like, a Souls thing, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, like, yes, they have lore, but, like, you're not playing like Sekiro is different, but you're not playing like Bloodborne stuff for the story, really, are you? Like, um, I heard it's cool. Yes, yes, and no. Okay. Uh, I think honestly, I like the story, but at okay. the same time, they don't tell you the story. By the way, this is me trying to cheese the boss. By the way, okay. Um, but uh, I don't think that in and Sekiro is all is is so story yeah, driven. Yeah, Sekiro is different. Yeah, it is. Um, in in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, like you get an idea of what's going on, and then you get thrown into the world, and there's some mystery about what's really going on, sure. and you have to like read item descriptions to figure out like what really is happening. Like I'd say, seventy-five percent of your lore is in item descriptions. Um, so that being said, 
I don't think it has to do with I think I think you're right I don't think it has to do with the story it does have a story it does have lore but I think it's more about the actual experience of, of playing the game and the yeah. bosses honestly in my opinion the bosses and Bloodborne and, and Souls and I'll, I'll argue with people about this but I don't think they're as important as the uh, exploration um, and the regular um, regular encounters that are more like surprises. Uh, it's almost like a it's not quite like a survival game, but you'll be going through something and then all of a sudden, you know, someone attacks you out of no, like out of the hidden, you know, they were like hiding somewhere or whatever. And you have to be really mindful of your surroundings. Yeah. I think that's more important in regards to the exploration and, and unlocking shortcuts and that kind of thing than uh, than the boss battles. The boss battles can be cool, but um, that being said, if you take out the boss battles, I don't think the games are that hard. Yeah. Um, so should there be an easy mode? My thing, uh, you know, this again, you mentioned it was argued heatedly. My thing is, is does the company want to do one? You know, uh, I'm probably one of the more pro-business people, uh, uh, especially on this show, but just across the thing where does the game company want to do these? Am I just lagging? Is that my camera, dude? I was going to mention, I actually was just texting you, like, hey, God, it's getting fuzzy. Um, it's distracting. Um, yeah. I don't know what's up with my connection. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think you're right, though. I think it's, it's more about what is the... Um, what does the developer actually want to make? There's so many developers making games right now um, that to, I, I, the way I view games, uh, maybe it's my maturity, but I view games as like not every game is for everyone. Uh, I just got done playing, or not got done playing, I tried to review uh, the Adventure Time game and I was like, this really is just not jiving with me. Like, I get what they were doing, but it just was not my awful. thing. You think it was awful? Okay. I heard it was awful. Yeah, I I, I didn't, I didn't like it. It was uh, I, I felt like it was a it was a mashup of a bunch of different things. It was like Mad Libs, uh, a video game. Yeah. Um, because it like it was trying to like be Wind Waker, and it was also trying to be like a timed strategy game, and yeah, it was kind of like Brutal Legend, except Brutal Legend had like a cool idea, and then it just fell apart. Um. I think that not every game is for everyone. I, I really liked playing Cuphead, and Whitney loves the art, but she that she thinks the game is stupid, ridiculously and uh, uh, difficult. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's not but, fun for me, but yeah. I accept that. But that's what that's what they went out to make the game for. This is art. Yeah. This yeah. is art. And, to me, and that, that would, and that's where it comes down to. I get uh, from a sales perspective. If I'm the businessman, if I'm in the business and I'm the and I'm in charge of this company, I'd be like. Oh, they want an easy mode in Sekiro? All right, all right, boys. How can we make this easy? Because I want to sell five or ten million more copies, or however many million I think I can sell from putting this easy mode in there. Yeah. Uh, that, and I'll, that's I'll me like, from the uh, pro business. But if they if the artist doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to make them. I don't care. Like yeah. I just accept that I am not ever going to play Sekiro. Yeah, and I think that thankfully with Twitch and those kind of things, you can experience it through twitch or through to, through youtube um uh however you want to experience the story and you don't have to get the frustration um there's another uh, a great example of a company that was thinking like let's just get, include everybody the assassin's creed uh assassin's creed origins having the uh, library mode or whatever was it librarian mode or 
Uh, Historian mode? Something like that, yeah. And yeah. They, did it, they did it in Odyssey, too, I believe. Yeah, and saying, hey, let's, uh, like, no combat. Let's just go. You can go explore these areas and learn about it. Um, and, uh, like, I'll say I've been, I've been playing UFC 3, and I put it on easy mode because I was just like, I want to see what happens. And easy mode was challenging to me. Um, uh, easy mode was challenging to me, but, like, Whitney plays all of her games on the easiest setting because she just wants to experience the story and she wants a little bit of a challenge but not too much and i think that to me is i think that's great that people put it in there but i don't think it's needed um in fact it's, sekiro you can make it harder if you want yeah, i've heard about the bell that you can find uh yeah. in sekiro it's funny with uh with cash she uh i'll be starting a game and she's gonna decide that she wants to watch me for a little while and i'll be like going over the modes and like for whenever i was playing witcher 3 a couple weeks ago and she always is like easy mode because she like uh like whitney it sounds like yeah. also uh easy modes it up and sure. whatever it, the point is are you having fun uh and i'm with that with all games uh, if you're not having fun, don't play it. And so that's why I don't play Soulsborne games is because I know I'm not going to have fun. I'm not going to play Cuphead either because I know I'm not going to have fun. It's not to say that I don't like sometimes difficult games like uh, Celeste, for example, mm -hmm. is a difficult game that I enjoyed quite a bit, but it was how they put, put in the difficulty where yeah. if she died, I was instantly right back at that frame. Yep. That That's that's what does it for me. Whereas yeah. like in a Soulsborne game where you die and you get thrown back there, I would get so upset. When, yeah. Where the way that it backtracks you to your previous uh, bonfire is ridiculous. Um, Celeste is a great example of that. And Super Meat Boy is a great example of that as well, where it is very hard, but your reset time is immediate. And it's not going to take you that long to, um, you know, to get back to where you were. So yeah, we had some we had some uh, interesting gaming news this week. I would say there's a lot of things that's you know please be excited, uh, yeah. And a lot of things I'm very excited about. Jedi Fallen Fallen Order. They had a little teaser tweet tomorrow, uh, going on, and uh, yeah, is it tomorrow? I thought it was Saturday. Um, yeah, so they're going to be. Uh, finally showing us some jedi fallen order um what do you think what do you uh what do you want to see so for those who didn't see it uh star wars ea or ea star wars on twitter uh post a little gif of a little little lightningy mm -hmm. image and then actually today uh there was a poster leak um as well uh where they show like a fallen ship thingy and there's your guy like you know i know that a few months ago i always keep trying to say that i'm gonna temper my uh expectations and stuff but the second that i saw that gif i was i was in like i don't know yeah. why it's a stupid like it's just a freaking gif like but it I was instantly hyped, especially after how well responded with Apex, and mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. I believe, I believe. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, I was gonna say I've been trying. I was trying to find a, a good image of the uh, of the poster to find uh, to put on here, but I couldn't find a good one. Like, uh, Schreier's Twitter. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm already already excited about it. But to me, the the I'm gonna feel it. Like I was. I'm not hyped yet. I'm ready. I'm ready to be hyped. Um, okay. Okay. That's fair. Because I love Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're now getting... 
I feel like we had an awkward phase of after Disney bought out um, Star Wars and yeah. Lucasfilm and everything. We had this awkward phase of what Disney always does, which is kill off every everything that is currently in development because it didn't start with Disney. Um, they're kind of like Vince McMahon in that uh, way, where they're like, you know, they're like they want you as a property, but they don't want anyone to acknowledge the fact that you were big before they had you, and yeah. now they're going to make you big. Um, if anyone follows wrestling, they know what I'm talking about. But um, I, I'm curious about the gameplay. I'm really curious about what it's going to be like. And I'm, I like the tagline that they had on the tweet: "Don't stand yeah. out." Like that. I think that was partly what did it for me too. Where it was like, "Don't stand out," and so it really gives you like this thing. Like, because for those of you who don't know, the basic premise that we know so far is that you're a Padawan after orders, orders uh, that escaped uh, uh, 66. Mm-hmm. And so it really gave me this, like, thing where it's like, oh, man, is this going to be like an underground game? Like, are you going to be, is it going to be like a thing where you're trying not to use your powers? So they're not going to make it too Jedi at first. Maybe it's something you go into. But, like, does that mean that, like, I got kind of like a a um uh uh what's what's dark forces guy's name um uh, kyle katarn yeah i got yeah. a kyle katarn moment where i'm like oh am i gonna start with a blaster oh, please <laughs> give me a blaster give me the blaster and, and the lightsaber combo give me the give me the ezra from uh from star wars rebels where he carries both like yeah obviously this was from a three three word sentence um i wanted to contain my hype but sure. I am nonetheless hyped because we're also getting episode nine news this weekend as well. Yeah. So I'm going to, I found, I got a, a image of it and I'm going to play with it. I apologize. You're going to see me uh, playing with it live, but that is the leaked poster. Like, look how dope that looks. And it looks great to me. I wanted to just zoom in. That's what I was saying. Like, I didn't have time to really prep this. So you get to see me kind of zoom in just a little bit here. Cause I want to kind of zoom in on our main character possibly main character with like he's uh, got a little droid little droid that's what i was gonna say uh that's um someone's gonna smack me for not knowing what I, I, that's a victory class star destroyer if i'm not mistaken i mean mm. i may be wrong celebrations going on right now so all the people that i know who would be mad at me for not knowing are doing other things so yeah um either way yeah i like that it doesn't tell me a lot but it tells me enough um, it also, in my opinion, harkens back to the, uh, um, oh, what was the name? The, um, the Xbox 360 game, Xbox 360 game where you're a uh, Jedi. Oh, uh, uh, Force Unleashed 2. Force Unleashed the, and Force Unleashed the, 2. Yeah. yeah. The beginning of Force Unleashed 2 where like, I can't remember if it was the trailer or if it was, or, or what it was where you took down like a Star Destroyer with the, with the power of the force. Like it makes me, it kind of reminisces of that to me. So, I like, I like. Yeah, I'm. The, I'm this poster is a dope poster. Yeah, I'm ready to be excited about that. Uh, I'm very excited though about PlayStation name changes. It's because, only been yeah, a decade. As I don't know, I'm sure uh, viewers of the channel know uh, and listeners know, I uh, created my PSN name because I didn't, I didn't know how I wanted to do online gaming and I basically wanted to create a, a a single account for me and the wife together so that way like if I bought something digitally that she could play it because I didn't I wasn't sure exactly how that'd work and I didn't realize that I was stuck with it forever um 
yeah, forever. But now uh, we're they're gonna allow finally allow uh, name changes. And now I have to figure out what I want to change it. Should I change it to? Should I snag our new podcast name? For I don't know. I don't think I should though. Yeah, uh, I think. The wife asked me if I was going to change mine. You never know if this show's going to last. You know, I'm not. I want it to last forever. Ooh, ooh, uh, fighting words. <laughs> but uh, you don't want to. I mean, unless you're just like that dedicated to it. But uh, she asked me if I was going to change my name, and I made a joke that's like, no, I chose the name I wanted to begin with. Um, but I understand that there's lots of people that aren't like that, and there's lots of people who have also been gamers since they were kids, and, you know, uh, I remember one that was always brought up on a podcast that I used to listen to, where it wasn't even that bad of a name, it was just, you could tell, and the, the name was Bong Ripper 420. Yep, yep. And... You know that there's way worse ones than that. There's oh, way sure. nastier ones, like and mine's not bad. By, I know you're fine. They're but they they were obviously done by like some twelve year old kid. Good for you guys. You get to change your name. Yeah, way like to mine. Go. Yeah, Robert was just asking what it what it is. It's Wittrick 08 because it's my name and the wife's name like combined. <laughs> and it was the year that we got married. And I was like, yeah, I'll just do that. And now I'm like, I've been stuck with this thing for eleven years or ten years or like forever um it's kind of cute and yeah well and now she has like she wanted to create her own profile and i was like okay well you'll use and i was like well you'll use mine if if uh if i uh, buy anything digitally um but now playstation changed it so you can use it if uh if i bought something and she plays it on on our playstation she can do that so it's like great i did that for nothing but I honestly okay. just let her use my my name anyway because uh, there's been a couple of trophies and stuff where she wants to play a game that I'm not going to go through, and <laughs> if she wants to give me free trophies, I don't care. Go for it. Why? Yeah, why not? Why uh, not? You, you know, that's fine with me. Uh, but no, word word lives on. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. The thing to watch out for with this is if you are going to change your name, be aware that if you play old stuff, uh, it could break them. Uh, in terms of online things. Uh, the reason why, if people don't know, is because they designed a system where your uh, your PSN is basically, is rooted. Like whenever you, if, for example, people create screen names now. Mm -hmm. And so you have your email address and then you have a screen name. The, the root was your email address and your screen name's on top of that. But whenever you created the PSN, that PSN was, was the root. And that was why they couldn't change it, because that was literally like going through all the systems. So they they made it to where, uh, after God of War came out, or right around when God of War came out, they started trying to integrate it to where they were making your PSN and uh, not the root anymore. And that's why they're allowing it to change it, but it could affect things older than March of 2018. Gotcha. Uh, so just be, be, uh, be aware, but honestly... New games are coming out. Move on with your life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I'm going to kind of lump a couple things in here. I, I don't want to skip their, what we have up next. So I'm gonna, we were yeah. talking about like online stuff, so I'm going to continue the online talkage. Uh, with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate being a combination of Xbox Live and Game Pass, $14.99 a month. Um, was only that's a matter a of time. heck of a deal. Yeah, exactly. It's only a matter of time. Uh, I know that this does not allow you to bargain hunt. Um, I know a few people who buy PSN uh, and uh, sorry PlayStation Plus and uh, an Xbox 
gold, they'll buy it when like it's on sale, like for a year, it'll be on sale for like the price of eight or nine months or so. Mm. So you don't get to bargain hunt in this case, but for $15 to have access to all of this stuff, like we talk about all the time, Game Pass uh, allowing you to play all these games. Um, games with gold, with gold pl- with uh, with Xbox is amazing. Being able to play online, fifteen dollars a month—that is not bad at all. I think it's great. Yeah, uh, this was—I mean, I was surprised that they didn't launch with this. I guess I get why they did it as a separate service, or they're—and I don't know if they're keeping it. I'm guessing they are, to where if you don't want Game Pass, you yeah. can still do one, or if you don't want to play online, you can still I think do Game Pass. I think it's a smart reason to do it because it'll actually make them more money in the long run. Yeah, but 15 bucks is a great price because, I mean, you, if you think about it one way, you're essentially doing $5 for all the mm-hmm. games with gold titles. Uh, and absolutely. I, like, this is a, this is a slam dunk, in my opinion. 15 bucks for, for that many games that, that you're getting um, a chance to, to yeah. get hold of. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. I mean... Yeah. I've, I have my games with gold. I want to say I've still got quite a bit left on that, but I may switch this over. I mean, I don't know if they have any discount on that, but uh, I may get Game Pass for a bit or coordinate when it renews, coordinate that to um, be the bundle, which kind of segues into what I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony are all under investigation uh, for unfair online services. And really what this boils down to is the auto renew for these online services. Um, because this is, I mean, it's not, to me, it's not that bad, except if you're doing like a year, which I, I actually had this happen to me before where I had it set to automatically renew my Xbox, uh, games with gold. And then I forgot that it was going to renew and it hits your bank account and that's not fun when that happens um they send you an email they send you an email the question is like what was it uh they're basically saying that they want to better understand these practices and the auto renewal allowing more um uh time before they charge you um i want to say the email comes in 30 days prior or something like that but i i have i have to double check and see um do you? I would say you've got. Uh, do you have uh, games with gold or not games with gold? Do you have a? a uh, I obviously have gold. PlayStation Plus. But you have PlayStation Plus, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't remember how often, it, like how it, uh, how recent the message is when it says, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna charge you." I want to say it's like a month out, but from yeah, PlayStation mm-hmm. on in January. Hello! Thank you for being a loyal member. We wanted to remind you, blah, blah, blah. Renewal date, March 4th. So they let me know on January 17th that I would be getting renewed on March 4th. So about a A month month and a half. half. Yeah, month and a half. When I was reading this, I left. Uh, Yeah. They, they, there's, there's companies out there that don't give you any notice. You know, I don't get a single email from netflix that i'm about to be charged no or whatever i'm up to now which they yeah just raise their price. i would have to create a filter immediately to get the, to throw those things in the trash like i don't i know i'm gonna i know i'm charged for yeah. it i know now i, I get it that it's different day. from a year perspective netflix is monthly so you kind of expect like that monthly charge but mm-hmm. for a yearly charge unless you're if you're paying for playstation or games of the gold on a monthly basis cut it out just go buy yeah. a year you can you can go on to 
uh, what's that deals website? You can go on there right now and get yeah. a year for like forty-eight bucks instead of sixty. Just do it. Um, it's slick I get deals. That. Slick, slick deals, deals and that there kind of thing. Yeah. I actually just learned about that website today. So. Uh, oh really? <laughs> yeah, I'd never been on there. Um, so I get the, the year perspective, but at the same time, you are. Do they send monthly, Robert? I didn't even know that. So they they let you know. Um, I just don't think that you should be coddling the consumer that much. If the consumer is agreeing yeah. to make a yearly automatic renewal, then that's their fault. If you don't yeah. want that, all you have to do, if you if you want to like if you want it to hit you where you mm -hmm. run out, go pay for your year and then go into the cancel thing. I do it all the time with streaming services where yeah. like I know I only want this so that I can watch this one show. Yep. Uh on the I like on DC Universe, I only want to watch Young Justice. Yep. I went in, I purchased my month of DC and I'm yeah, watching it. I watched my Young Justice and then it's going to cancel out at the end of the month. Just do yep. that. Yep. Um Doom the Patrol. Yeah. The thing that was super interesting that they mentioned that they're also investigating is how, uh, for example, PlayStation recently changed their monthly games yeah. and how they went from having several to yeah. lately they've only had two. Yeah. So it used to be six because it was two PlayStation 4, two PlayStation 3, and two, play two PS Vita at least. And a lot of those crossed over where it's like it ended up some months you were getting four PS4 games because the Vita games were also playable on PS4. Uh, now we're yeah now we're down to two games per month uh, compared Xbox has stayed with their four yeah. um, Xbox's pack was compatible so um, so that that was actually the most interesting part of the investigation to me where I, I the the yearly thing no like they're giving you notice or at least I know PlayStation is I can't speak for Xbox but is there something in the terms that say they owe you X amount of things like are they doing this out of the kindness of their heart if is it subject to change at any point or is there something where it's like hey i signed up for this during and i signed up for it the day that i got my ps4 mm -hmm. is there something in my in my terms and conditions that says you should be giving me more free games because i'll be all over that go for it do that's, it that's a good point <laughs> no that's a good point that's something i mean I, I may be one of the rare times that i really dig into and read everything in the in that uh end user agreement but that may be something that's in there. I, I I would guess that the legalese in there says something like any like uh, online services and and uh, and any free games or something, where it's open enough where they're like, eh, we gave you two and it's some free games. I think is what I always looked at those as those uh, at those as a kind of a bonus. Yeah. Um, especially if you're just a, if you just have a PS4 and you either don't have a PS3 or you don't have it hooked up, those games throw go into your catalog and. You may or may not ever play them. That's why we do that. We do the uh, gold plus roundup for that to actually tell you what's worth your time. But um, she was blood. Yeah, I know. Uh, but to me, I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I I I hope that they will up things when it comes to the PlayStation One. Um, that's definitely something that that is a point of uh, discussion for PlayStation. Though you've literally cut your uh, your. Uh, bonus bonuses or your output by one third and you're char charging the same you're pulling a call of duty where you're like you know it used to cost me a lot of money to make a game so i'm gonna i'm gonna make it for a third of the price and charge you the same that's right i'm coming after you. is call of duty really making it for a third of the price well yeah so they had a they had a an art uh they had uh who was it um it was one of the game directors and uh and they were t uh, and i don't think it was treyarch but they were talking about how 
uh, essentially uh, the single player campaign was over two thirds of the price to make a game. So they're like, that's a, that's a lot. So we're just going to cut out the single player. We're going to reduce it considerably. Uh, okay. And I'm like, okay, so you've reduced your cost and you're going to charge me the same. That's like if, if, if someone uh, was like, Hey, the new Volkswagen Jetta, we cut our cost by, uh, by two thirds, but we're going to still charge you the same amount. I'm like, no, no, no. And we're going to let you fail emissions test. Them. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, to me, that was like the dumbest thing when they when they said that openly, where they're like, you know, it costs a lot of money to make a game, so we're going to spend less money to make the game, and we're going to charge you the same exact amount. And I thought that was completely stupid, because they didn't, they didn't add that much multiplayer from the previous year or the year before. Yeah, they just added the VR. Oh you, oh, you mean, okay, so that that interview was like a year and a half, two years ago. So that that's not counting the Battle Royale War, stuff. World War Two had a campaign, Black Ops 4 is, I believe, the first one that didn't. Yeah, and uh, Black Ops 4 didn't have one, and uh, the the last two before, um, before they took out the campaign were beatable in like three or four hours. Yeah, and that's been the case for a while, though. I don't know. I, I'm not going to come after them. I don't care. Like... That they understand they can probably track like how many people are getting the single player trophies and yeah oh and, yeah and yeah. achievements and show like hey nobody's actually playing this we're not gonna waste the money that's true i i still would like i still would i still think uh that there is a market if you sure. were just saying you know uh buy how about 15 or 20 dollars for the single player campaign and then have a little thing a little pop-up in there's like hey you want to play some multiplayer you can upgrade and I'll click no. That would be I'll... a cool thing if people started doing that as a norm. Yeah, to uh, to give a game out for like 15, 20 bucks, something like that, like a, a decent sized game. And then it's like, you want to play multiplayer here, unlock this. Because you've got people hooked at that point. And then they probably their friends are like, dude, why aren't you playing online with me? I see you're online. I think especially, it would be really cool. Especially in a world where a lot of indie games right now, they're better than a lot of the AAA experiences out there. Yep. Just saying. I they're better. They're varied. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's what I like about it. And now we're in a way where I would say five years ago, indie gaming was it wasn't, in my opinion, as accessible because you didn't know what was good and what was really worth your time. And now there's so many ways to find those indie games, find good indie games that you don't have to wade through Reddit posts to find that indie game that you want. And it's not relegated to like really bad Steam games. Like there's some good stuff on the Switch. Uh, there's some really good indie stuff on the Switch. Uh, I will say it's hard to navigate through it because the Switch so eShop has quickly become trash. Yeah, it really has. It Same really thing has. with PSN. But if you want to hear about good games, you can always tune in on Facebook Live here at Facebook.com/slash <laughs> We do like to actually dive into those and, and see if there's some, there's some gems worth it. So I'm gonna pick up something on uh, on Switch this upcoming week and try it out, and I'll let you guys know. I'll do the uh, bargain hunt of uh, you know, something under five bucks and see see how it goes. Okay, I'll take yeah. that. Uh, I'll go under ten because under ten. Okay. Yeah, sometimes some of those under fives on Switch that those can be a little rough. So they I'll, I'll say rough. I'll say nine ninety nine. Okay. That. Okay, that works. That works. We'll uh, speaking of Switch, yeah. Speaking of Switch, the the rumors have come back about there being two SKUs for Nintendo Switch. How? What what you think? What you think? Uh, premium model, cheaper model, like essentially that's that's the idea is them splitting, saying uh, we can split this into two SKUs. Um, what do you think? Best. 
do it. Uh, so this is uh, this is part of our uh, predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my predictions. I might. I think you might have agreed with it too. Mm-hmm. But uh, that we would get a new skew. I don't think I said skews, but I. I you I said new skew. Yeah, yeah. You, I don't I think said you said skew, two because yeah. I said pre- I said a premium and keeping the original. But the the rumor this time is that the cheaper skew is aimed um, at those families where Nintendo at, at one point said they don't just want one Switch per household. They yeah. want multiple Switches per household. How do you do that? Well, we need a cheaper SKU, especially you look at some of these people uh, that have the kiddos, yep. and I'm about to have a kiddo. Not going to touch my Switch. Not right now, because <laughs> what if the kid drops it? What, you know? And that can always happen. Robert knows. He's had some busted iPads this week. He knows all about the kids dropping things. Uh, they want to make a Switch, uh, again, all rumor, uh, targeted at those people who are like 3DS users, because the 3DS, you can say a lot about the, the internals and how dated they are, but that thing can take a beating. Yeah. Um, so imagine a cheaper switch, uh, handheld only. Uh, even th- uh, what if what if the Joy Cons weren't even detachable? What about that? That's actually uh, what I was leaning towards. I was yeah. going to say no, removing that because the the price of the Joy Cons, and I'm not talking about just like us to buy a Joy Con, but the price to manufacture those because of all the technology in there. If you if you make if you make those undockable. Yeah. Or uh, undetachable. Yeah. yeah. If you do that, um, that's going to reduce the price considerably, and it's going to make it more a more hardy console, which is not a bad idea in my opinion. I would probably buy something like that, depending on if the, if it's the same processing power, because I don't undock mine very much because I have my Pro controller. So if Whereas I, I play mine completely undocked. No, I'm sorry. I meant uh, I don't take off the Joy Cons. Oh, okay. um, uh, sorry, I meant I meant sorry. I don't take off the Joy Cons. I will play mine like mine's sitting right here. That's it's been undocked. I've been playing uh, Dark Souls and, and Tetris and stuff on it, and yeah. uh, and it's it's great. But I don't take them off very often. Um, the I, actually the last five times I've had to take them off is when the Switch tells me, "Hey, your controllers have been detached," and they haven't. Um, yeah. I think one of my Joy Cons is going out. The only time I have is if I dock it to play Mario Party or Smash with multiple people in the house. Uh, otherwise, they stay attached yeah. all the time. Robert said in the uh, sorry in the comments, Kendall Fire Theory. Oh, that's be- the reason why I called him out. He, his kids broke a, his iPad Mini, and so he bought him a Kindle Fire because it was like thirty bucks instead of buying a new iPad Mini. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And that, so that, the, that the same sense. reference along with I want to get my kid. A more yeah. uh, indestructible switch, absolutely. Two DS, dude. The two yeah. DS was the like the coolest thing for that. Where it's like, here's this giant etch a sketch looking thing. Yeah, and you can play your games on it. You and can you throw it against throw the it, wall, and it's gonna be great. It's great for like the. It's great for the. I would say like you know between two and six year olds. Yeah. Um, that are gonna do stupid stuff with it. I guess even seven year olds and eight year olds might. Um, <laughs> But even even my even me, I think I wore out one of my Joy Cons like in uh, just like pressure. So you can imagine like you know some seven or eight year old kid raging at a game and like yeah. twisting the switch with yeah. all those those components. Yeah, I think that's a problem. And then to the other skew, and that's the this this is the skew that I did predict. Uh, one that has a little beefier 
uh, hardware. Not by much. You can't change much because then you can't put the game on everything. They, they've I've, they've made that mistake before, and I, I'll call it a mistake. They might they may not say so. The 3ds uh, new new 3ds. The new 3ds oh, yeah. where there were old, like the games could only be played on that. Like that was dumb. So let's not do that. But let's make it to where uh, you get maybe 1080, 60 frames consistently yeah. on the screen, and we get you a better battery and call it a day. I'll take that. I, I would still love the dream is that we get a thing with bigger Joy Cons, but that's I, you know I understand that that's definitely not going to happen. That's just what I want. Um, but better battery, give that to me because. Final Fantasy VII, that's been, that's been, that's been killing that battery, yo. Um, any game, really. I think I might be able to make it three hours. Uh, and sometimes, you know, wife's going out on Saturday. She's got a bachelorette party to go to. I'm going to be kicking it on the couch. I'm going to go buy my under my, my 999 under game. I want a better battery. Yo. Yeah. If you just give me those two things, I'll buy a new Switch. No, I, I, I'll probably do the same, honestly. Um, I like my Switch, but at the same time, like if, you, if they have that upgraded model, I can get that upgraded Switch. I need to make sure that, and figure out how cloud saves on uh, on Switch and make sure I can and see how that works with having two of them. Um, but yeah, like I would totally do that. And then I'd have an extra Switch for if we did do a Mario Party game or something like that where we needed more um, or for the wife to play it because while this is our switch like she she still kind of views it as mine so yeah, like, right. well, now she has because it's it's in my possession constantly so yeah i get it um speaking of uh games coming on switch by the way uh hellblade coming to switch which came out it came out sorry um I really love this game, and now I'm really happy that it came to Xbox, and now it's coming. Uh, now it's on Switch, because it's a really great uh, story. It's great graphics, great storytelling, um, and uh, a decent decent price. Because they didn't come out with this thing and charge sixty bucks, and to do that, I think is really cool. Um, it was one of my favorite games to come out around that time, specifically because it was a it was a good deal. You know, for thirty bucks, was it thirty bucks? I think twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally worth it. This game is totally worth it for that. Um, I couldn't finish it because there's a color blind section that I cannot get past. Oh really? Um, I thought of asking uh, the wife to do it for me, but um, that doesn't take away from the level of respect that I have for this game. If you play this game, do it with headphones. Yeah. Uh, do not play the game without headphones. It's just not the same. Um, you'll see what I mean instantly uh, within the first few seconds of the game why you need to play with headphones. Uh, but really cool, really accessible, and also just uh, the fact that, one, it started as a, as a PlayStation exclusive, that's cool like you just mentioned, but also it's a mature game on Switch. Like, I know Mortal Kombat's coming out, but that, there's not a whole lot of M-rated games uh, yeah. on the old Switch there, yeah. and this is a good one. Um, really cool in terms of... Uh, um, the the story that tells psychologically speaking, mm -hmm. um, really cool stuff. I wish that I could have finished it, but I could not get past that section. So. Yeah, I I really I hope that you do just like to experience it. I mean, I'm glad that you respect it with even though that part gave you trouble. Um, I honestly don't remember that part, but it's a weird um, like blending thing where you're you're her and she's having to pick out symbols out of oh yeah. 
I can't see the symbols. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be frustrating. Yeah, because I was like, what am I getting wrong in the symbols? Yeah. Like, so I'm red, green, colorblind, and like they were like red symbols blending in with it. Yeah. And I just could not see them at all. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm I. I don't think I'm near as colorblind as you. Like, I'm a little colorblind, but not like every now and then I'm, I mix one up, but oh. that I that I shouldn't. Uh, um, but no, on that on that one where if you look at the color test and you yeah. try and see the numbers, I can't see those. Yeah, I can see I can see them on all. There's one that messes with me, and I can barely make it out. Yeah. Um, and that's why like I passed the test for a long time. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, not as not as bad as you, at least. Um, at, I hope you get to do it at some point. But I will say this: this is one where normally when people say play with headphones, play with headphones. I'm I've got a surround sound system, so usually I'm like, Psh, you peons. I've got my 5.1 surround oh, yeah. sound system. I'm I got my fine. Sound bar, baby. I got the. Well, I got I got my my uh, my center channel. I got my side channels. I got my back mm -hmm. channels. I got my subwoofer. I'm considering going to 7.2 uh, later on in the year. Um, but this game with headphones, be I actually started it again after I realized what they were doing. I started again with headphones just to make sure it really isolated it to my, to my head. Um, because I could, I could hear it with the surround sound and it was trippy. Uh, it freaked out the dogs, by the way, which I thought <laughs> was kind of, it's kind of funny, kind of distracting, but it kind of freaked them out. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, one game that's not going to come to switch though is Days Gone. No. Apparently, apparently it's pushing the limits of the PS4, which is further telling us we are we we've already hit end of life with PS4, meaning we've hit the peak, we're now on the downswing, now just a matter of time before a PS5 uh comes out similar to um Last of Us. Last of Us was really doing this on the PS3. Yeah. And man, I'm I'm I want to I want to play this, but mm -hmm. I just don't know if I'm going to have time. I got it pre-ordered. It'll be yeah, pre-ordered. Pre uh, but I, it's all Sony. All, all of my Sony first-party studio games, if I can, I do yeah. get them. Um, so it'll be preloaded and ready to go. This honestly made me a little bit more excited. Uh, so I, that's why I put it on here, was just they said that they are taxing the PlayStation as much as they can without setting it on fire, was the joke that they made. <laughs> uh, because... If you've seen in the previews, the amount of freakers, which is the zombies in this case, uh -huh. um, the amount of freakers in groups that you see, they've tried, they basically try to put as many that are actually there, not just like background image things that don't interact with, but like the groups, the hordes of yeah. zombies, they are actually in the game. And so the processing power behind those and then, then the way that they had to program it which was cool to read about was that uh some of the big uh sections of, of the freakers they have like kind of like a horde collective type thing like that's how they're able to uh to manipulate it and put all of them on screen as they kind of act with um uh is it, is it autonomy no autonomy is not the right word i'll stick with collective that works they're sure. like ant they're like ants they follow they follow the queen basically but they then they said on top of that they wanted to make sure that there was also freakers that could act independently of that horde and that uh is making it super uh hard on the playstation so i just thought that was really cool and that's why i included that in there is that that a company is trying to basically use 
all of the hardware, which like you just mentioned with Last of Us, like that's yep. a, that's a thing that made Last of Us stand out on the PS3 is that it was really pushing that hardware. So the to hear one of Sony's companies saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna really push the PlayStation uh, to its max," that makes me excited. That I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm a, I'm sometimes iffy on zombie games, so I don't know how much I'm gonna like it. But that they're trying. That they really. Yeah. That they really want to use everything the PlayStation has to bring it, especially after it took them so long to make this game. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. Uh, I love zombie games. Um, I got really jaded to them because, um, not to be a hipster about it, but like I've been into zombies like since I was in middle school. And I thought um, you were going to say since before they were cool. No, no, no. But like, that's what I'm like, I'm on the verge of saying that, but like, I've literally, I've been a fan of like, like OG, Night of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, like amazing movies. And I was one of those snobby people where I'm like, Return of the Dead's like not that great. Uh, and then zombies were everywhere. And then you started seeing a lot of crappy, uh, I don't know, cash-ins, I should say. Um yeah and like it's it just got really i think the world's become jaded to to those i mean the walking dead um ratings can can tell you that it's it's in the toilet and they're trying to come out with two more walking dead series for after movies too and tv movies, movies. that's yeah. how they're gonna bring rick grimes back is a tv movie yeah anything uh, to try spoilers. to get people to watch again anything to get try to people to watch again because yeah no one's watching that so. uh yeah i don't know but I'm excited for Bend. Uh, I'm excited for a spring game. I'll be in in two weeks. Uh, I, I did. This is one of the first first party games that I only bought uh, digitally because I was just like, I don't need a physical. I don't need this one on my shelf unless it somehow turns out to be amazing. And like Robert said, he'll just wait for the remastered version on PS5, which is probably not a it's, bad call because that's that's where I played Last of Us the first time. Yeah, yeah. Games. Oh, it's it's. I bought it on both, but it's so much better on PlayStation 4. Yeah, it's a great mic drop. So, this is... You made me do this. Uh, each week I'm going to post uh, a post on Facebook and Twitter. Look forward to it. I'm going to be changing the days, though. After we rebrand, I'm going to be making it over the weekend, and that's just to give me and Patrick a little bit more time to prepare. Yeah. But I make the post, and I say, hey, what do you guys want us to talk about? And we'll talk about it. Uh, we haven't turned down anything yet, because this week we're taking a little bit of a turn out of out of the nerd sector but we're keeping it uh keeping it to television um because chris really uh, thought we should talk about uh positive messaging in television kind of positive tv happy tv yeah. tv that makes you feel good and, and his first example was queer eye which is yeah. where i thought we should start such a great example such a great show which um i've i've loved i admit that i did not watch the uh original uh queer eye i knew that they that it was a thing yeah but to the point where when when i saw uh the uh queer eye on netflix it took me a minute to realize oh these aren't the same people 
Um, I had no idea I'm, it wasn't the same people until after somebody pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't think about it. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess they are kind of young. No, but I've I absolutely love uh, I love the show. I love the positivity, and no matter who they're coming to to help, because that's really what the show is about. It's about going out and helping people, and it's not just. I mean, on the superficial level, it's about like okay, how you dress, uh, you know, and and they do everything you know talk about hygiene a little bit talk about food um fashion a grooming um but at the same time it's really like treating yourself and respecting yourself for you to not just show the world who you are but like feel confident in your skin which is just a gorgeous just beautiful amazing message for the world yeah, shout outs to Ted Allen, by the way, uh, one of the original Fab Five, apparently. Uh, because, and for those of you who don't know who that is, that's the guy who's uh, the host of Chopped. I didn't know that until no recently. So the host of Chopped was was one of the original Fab Five. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned not watching the original uh, yeah. Queer Eye. I didn't either. And honestly, I don't think I would have been in a mental state to appreciate. Mm -hmm. um the original that was several years ago yeah uh a slightly less or uh, extremely less mature version of myself where i'm like well, this show's kind of dumb and i see how wrong i i was mm -hmm. whenever this show came back on uh, i see it when i'm 30 years old and at first i kind of laughed and i'm like oh queer eyes back uh, and then there's this point um is it Jonathan? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, Jonathan uh, with the, the hair. The, the hair. hair. Where he's, he's talking man. to this dude, and he's just telling this guy, like, how awesome he looks. Like, yeah. he's just giving him a haircut, and, like, he's just totally boosting this dude's self-esteem. And I didn't, like, tear up, tear up, but you got the you got the little the little salt in your eye where it's just, yeah. like, what, what, you know, what, where's this onion thing? Where you're just like... This guy's so nice. Like what? And then you watch an episode, and like, man, they are so nice to whoever it is that they're yeah. helping out. Like, and you realize how often that doesn't happen. Like, yeah. people are not that nice all the time. You know, yeah, the, I'm from the South, and we're known for being polite people. Mm -hmm. But it, there's still something different. Um, there's to this show. Yeah. No, I'd agree. There's another show that. Um... I would say I still think it's feel good, but they're they're as nice as you could be with the train wrecks that happen. But if you've watched Nailed It on Netflix, um, they get people who admittedly are like, "I wish I could bake, but I'm really bad at it," and they get them to try to recreate these uh, amazing like pieces of art, you know, art dessert, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like they're really positive, even though they completely botched this stuff, they are really positive in in like what they did. Even they could just trash them and make fun of them, which is what I thought the show was going to be. Yeah. When you see when you see stuff like this popping up, where you see this gorgeous, you know, like um, Rapunzel, and then someone tries to make it, it looks like a horror movie. <laughs> and. It's, it, like it's just it's a great example of like this could be such a negative show where they just like rip on the person left and right 
And when you watch it, you're like, oh, they're like, they're actually really uplifting and they even, they try to be nice, even though they're being constructive. You mentioned another uh, uh, cooking show, um, like just before, mm-hmm. uh, before we went on the British, uh, the Great British Baking Show. Yeah. There's another great one in that, which I think part of their positivity is just, I mean, yeah, I would say maybe it's stereotypical, but like even in competition, they're like really cordial to each other. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. Like, there's not like stupid trash talking. They're all just passionate about what they're doing. Which yeah, is really cool. I got into this show because uh, my wife really uh, enjoys it. Yeah. And I, I love a good cooking show. One of my favorite shows on television is Top Chef, which is like, like th- that one does have some drama. It's not, it's not about being nice there. But what I like liked initially about watching the show is that these people are competing. They're competing for zero dollars totally a non-american thing like I, I just can't see that many american shows where they would compete for no money these people are not competing for anything other than a cake tray and the fact that they'll become like instagram famous but they're always sure. so nice to each other like yeah they, they, there's no like dr- there's no drama filled things they're not like hoping the other person mm-hmm. fails or anything like that everybody's like oh you did such a good job like they're crying for each other they're smiling for each other like even the judges they they'll be honest and say like hey that didn't work out or hey that you know whatever but at the same time like they will never be cruel they're never going to say anything uh hurtful or anything like that they're just going to be honest about the food and then if if something didn't work out they'll they'll still boost you up be like hey you tried yeah good job well and they give they give good uh constructive criticism um uh, David in the comments said we already have Gordon Ramsay for for trashing people like yeah. That. Um, and Robert and said one of the ladies' cakes fell and everyone was about to cry. They were like, and uh, even though it's all about completion, it, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's that kind of thing. Um, I think where... it's because people are they're they're trying to do something they're all passionate about. Yeah. And it's not about like you said. It's not about the money. It's not about like some ego. I will say that some you know sometimes when they're talking about it, they're like you know I really want to show my you know my my friends or whatever that like I'm a good uh, that I'm really good at this. Or sometimes they'll they'll go on there and they're like I really this is like my grandmother's recipe or or, or whatever. But the British baking show like they kind of change it up where they don't really fully know what they're gonna tackle right yeah uh, yeah they do um they do three different things yeah. like one of them they have no idea what they're going to make yeah and that's one of the two judges recipes that they pick but yeah. one of uh, one of the other two challenges they do like roughly know yeah and they so i've seen them bring in stuff where they're they're like you know i really enjoy this or like you know this is something i make on my at, at home and i'm really hope that people like this pairing um which is really interesting when the like judges sometimes are like this is this I didn't think it would work, but it actually does. And I really, yeah. I like non-traditional things like that, that the judges didn't just completely crap on the idea of the pairing. They were like, that's, that's interesting. And then they tried it and they're like, okay, I see where you're, go- where you, where you're going. And they'll start giving um, tips or they'll say things like, you know, uh, uh, this, you should have cooked it a little bit longer, but it's really good. Other than that, like, I think that's really cool. It's really positive taking those, those elements because uh, cooking, baking is chemistry and first of all cooking i cook i can cook that's not a problem but baking is chemistry you screw up one little thing and it doesn't quite hit the mark um and i think i think that's a really cool way to like encourage people to keep trying yeah um yeah i I like to say like in just regular like stovetop cooking or or that kind of thing like you can usually save something if you if you start if something starts going south you can save it you can't do that with baking it's like just throw it out start again 
That's really all you can do. And it's really funny with how bacon goes. And this is kind of like a side off topic, but just like uh, my my mom makes this pie. It's a chocolate chest pie, and she makes yeah. it every single year. And she makes it a couple times a year, and it's my favorite thing in the world to eat. And but she's been making this my entire life, thirty one years, maybe longer, that she's yeah. been making this pie. It's slightly different every time because like. It could have been in the it could have been in the oven a minute shorter or a minute sure. longer or sure. the it didn't blend the same way that it did last year whenever she used the egg beater like it's really weird with picking yeah well yeah and I, and I think uh, and I I your mom's not a professional chef I love her I'm just I'm not saying I'm just saying like that's not that's not her no. her thing but like I'd say the same thing about my grandma's uh, my grandma's cooking and my mom my mom cooks a lot of things that my grandma like used to cook and kind of passed down and every yeah. year it's for you it's that it's it's that it's that pie for me it's a peanut butter fudge there you go i absolutely love peanut butter fudge and i've been trying to find a, a sugar-free recipe because peanut butter's already tastes good so like if you can get something that's you know basically make a make a sugar-free version which i'm sure you can do don't be shaking your head over here I'm sure you can do it. I will. I'm. I will literally. I'm not above like taking. I literally have this in front of me. By the way, I have a spoon that I had earlier. I just scooped some peanut butter and ate it. I understand. Um, I love peanut butter that much. Um, but yeah, uh, peanut butter fudge is the same way. Like every now and then, it's like this one. This one's a little stiffer than usual, or uh, and just just because of the uh, the tempering of, of the uh, the sugar and everything. So I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Um, you, I want to bring up one other new one before yeah. we before we talk about uh, other stuff, uh, which is tidying up. Which, again, I thought this show was going to be like hoarders. Yeah, where you go in and you're like, "Holy crap, these people! How do they live this way?" And then they have like mental breakdowns, and then they bring in their family, and it's not that at all. Like it's it's uh, Marie Kondo like coming in and trying to help someone get a hold of their life because there's so much clutter that they can't enjoy the things that they love. And a lot of times it's the things that they love that clutter up their their houses yeah. uh, or just life. And being like, look, you can, you can get this to a good place and once you're at that place, it's easy to maintain. And there's so many heartfelt moments where she's showing people like, you know, oh, you don't have to throw away what you love but you know it's basically just about uh keeping control of your clutter um i saw on uh, i'm sure you saw like mm -hmm. when it first came out people were mad because she said something in her book yeah. she says that she doesn't keep more than 20 or 21 books books in her library but she specifically says that's what she does yeah uh, that's where people want to get outraged about anything because there are, yeah there are lots of people uh that want to keep more books than that sure and she just says like if that makes you happy like that's that's her biggest thing uh this show spoke a lot to me when it came out uh, i won't go too deep into it because it's uh personal but i grew up in a very cluttered household and that's saying it nicely um and what I have is I just get anxiety about it, right? Like I will just literally, like I, once a year or so, I will feel enclosed by my house. I and you've been to my house; it's yeah. not that bad at all, right? And not bad. It's not even close to bad. Uh, but there'll just be like a day where there's like maybe too many Amazon boxes or something. I'll just feel <laughs> I'll just feel enclosed on it, and yeah. I will go throw crap out. Not just the not just the Amazon boxes, but I will decide that stuff needs to get thrown out and the, the way that she put it uh i think she's 
in some way she's a little crazy and that's okay sure because it works for her and she seems other otherwise well put together but the fact that she was like hey look at your stuff what makes you happy okay did that thing make you happy or not well if it doesn't make you happy maybe you don't care about it as much and maybe you can get rid of it yeah um there was one episode that was particularly uh meaningful to me where it was a woman who had uh lost her husband Mm-hmm. And she hadn't gotten rid of his stuff yet, which mainly his clothes. Yeah. Um, you don't want to get rid of all this stuff, but like those clothes, like probably never going you're, you're never going to wear them, right? You're not, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're probably not the same size as your spouse. Uh, and she helped this woman work through that. Uh, and I had those thoughts about like my dad's stuff yeah. and like how, Hey, maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea if we got rid of that she has not gotten to that point yet it'd be cool but it struck me where again this show like you mentioned it's not about like exposing these people and saying like hey this person's living a gross lifestyle let's know hey they maybe went through some stuff or maybe Mm -hmm. they maybe they're a little busy or maybe there was another one that was like a working family like just everybody worked and they just and they didn't make a lot of money so they lived in a small space and they downsized like they moved to like a small space they downsized to do it and yeah yeah, it was i think that's a great example of uh also part of it was like the classic like mom does everything and another part of it was like a lot of unhappiness because of the clutter and my wife is like that i call myself clutter blind because like i don't really notice it um i really don't yeah i literally yeah you're welcome. Yeah, I started calling. I started calling myself that when I was like, when I was like in middle school or like high school, because like I literally would would not notice it or it wouldn't wouldn't bother me, um, to the point where like it bothered other people. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I should do something about it. Uh, to Whitney, clutter really bothers her. Where like I really want to go through like the Marie Kondo stuff, like and just really simplify what we have and. If there's stuff where you're like, I, I want to keep that. Okay, but do you need it out? Do you need it out now? Do you need it accessible all the time? No? Yeah. Okay, put it up. That's okay. Find a place for it and put it up, and you can you can access it later. It doesn't mean that it's not inaccessible. I've got my guitars here because I want to have them at the ready. If I put them up, I'm not going to have them at the ready. Um, you know, Just in case someone comes in and needs a guitar solo battle. I'm at yeah, but, but maybe you don't need your Xbox 360. Sure. Chilling out there because you got your Xbox One. Yeah. My or, Wii U, yeah, my Wii U, my Xbox 360, and my PS3 are all in a closet because I actually take that back. My PS3 is st- is in the entertainment center, like underneath. But I'm about to box it up. I'm yeah. about to box up all of those, um, like because I'm like I don't need it. Uh, I if I want to pull out the Wii U and play some Wii U games, I liked my Wii U. Um, I have it, and it, it's still okay. Um, I've got I do the same thing I mean you don't do that with puzzles you don't just keep puzzles like hanging out so because you're not you're not working them yeah uh, and and again they just tying it back to where where we started with this we're just again like this show could have come at it from a completely different direction but the show is literally like uh, it's is Joy's not mentioned there, but that's her big thing. It's called, I think it's just called yeah. tidying up with Marie Kondo. Yeah, but it's called uh, sparking joy. Sparking yeah. joy, and yeah. the same thing with 
with Queer Eye uh, and British Bake Off, and I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the baking show you said. Oh, uh, nailed it. Nailed it. It's yeah. just, it's it's all it's all about it. It's about the positivity. It's sure. not about exposing negativity. It's about turning things into uh, a positive direction. Yeah. Um, is is awesome. And what this made me think of was stuff that I didn't appreciate. Again, uh, I mean, I grew up on it, uh, at least on the first one I'm going to mention. I grew up on uh, this show, but I didn't really get it yeah. until recently when I watched the documentary on him, and that's Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't seen the documentary, it's very powerful. Um, it came out last year, and it's so, so good. But there's that song in there. There's several songs, and there's several things that he did, but the thing where... He, uh, it was a totally encouraging children's show. He was he existed there to encourage children to be themselves mm -hmm. and not talk down to them in any way, but help them understand the world uh, a little bit. Uh, and I didn't get it. I didn't. You know, it's just one of those things. You watch PBS, right? Like you're gonna watch yeah. you're gonna watch your Sesame Street. You're gonna watch your Mr. Rogers. Like it was just part of your routine. But then you see several years later as an adult, like. Fred Rogers was just, he just wanted children to be encouraged. He did not want it to be everything negative. I think his thing was he was seeing a sparking of just a lot of negative television. I think he spoke to that a lot. And he's like, we need a positive place for our kids to go. And I wanted to create that positive place for them. Um, everybody should check out the documentary. So, yeah, so good. I need to see it. It's been on my list. Um, I need to see it for a lot of reasons. Um, Tissues, Mr. dude. Yeah, uh, Mr. Rogers, um, I, I know I watched him when I was much younger. Um, I don't have a lot of solid memories of watching him mm -mm. Uh, because, because you know, it was, it was so early. Like, similarly, I don't have a lot of solid memories watching Sesame Street. I know I watched the heck out of Sesame Street when I was little. Yeah. Um, but one of my earliest uh, memories uh, of shows wasn't those. It was The Joy of Painting which you, you put in the, in the dock. Um, I used to watch that and, uh, I used to watch that at my grandma's house. Uh, and she painted, uh, she didn't paint along to his stuff. Not that, not that I remember uh, she painted her. She did paint a lot of, um, things that were similar, uh, scenic stuff. Yeah. A lot of scenic stuff. Uh, a lot of like, uh, like old, um, like country barns and stuff. And, it, it always reminded me of her. I mean, partially because I watched it, I watched it at her house, but because painting was a big deal for her, but he was so positive, um, about creating and purposely like letting, like saying, you let your guard down. It's okay. If you mess up, it's okay. It's happy little mistakes. And happy little accidents. it's so, it's so true. It's so true though, from a creative perspective, um, as a, as a musician, I tried to be an artist. I'm, I've not been good at that. Uh, but as a musician or a writer, there's a lot of times where you're like, you're not happy with your work because you think it could have been better. But that's okay. Yeah. Like you can, you like, it's okay. The way you did it was okay. Try it again. Next time you may learn more, more things. And part of that learning process was so important instilling that it's, it's not a failure. Like when you screw, we, uh, Whitney and I go to a painting with a twist. I don't know if you've been to those. Have you ever been to those? 
Uh, I have not. Uh, she has, but okay. uh, actually for her birthday next month, I'm having, instead of going to one of those places, I'm yeah. having them come to the house for her birthday. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, if you haven't, like, even if you, if you're not, uh, you know, like you said, you, you like to say you don't have an artistic bone in your body, but like, they try to make it really easy and then like they come around to you and help you where they're like oh well you know maybe do this a little bit more and sometimes they'll just completely bail you out if you're if you if they see that you're not not that they'll change it because of how because of how it looks but if mm-hmm. you're not happy with it then they'll either coach you or they may like um yeah fix something for you uh, but it's really positive it's a really positive thing it's like you know couple hours of just mm-hmm. sitting and painting and that positivity drinking. which and drinking like i never drink in those but like, every, i know most people do but like yeah. it's it's just a really cool happy thing um bob and, ross uh, wasn't wasn't somebody that i like uh i knew i remembered the show the second that i saw it as an adult but it's not anything that i have any memory of as a kid but uh for those of you who spend uh, a decent amount of time online and in, in particular on twitch where i spend a lot of my time uh-huh. um i think it was early last year or late 2017 where uh twitch played in its yes. entirety every single episode of the joy of painting and it was this phenomenon that happened um they've done it with pokemon they've done it with other shows but this show in particular ever like i i think at peak i think it had six figures years in terms of people watching um most of the time it's more around like 30 or 40,000 but just everybody uh was into it like every little like his his little sayings like whenever he would take the brush out and like uh he would beat the devil out of it whenever he was getting the paint off and the the happy little accidents (laughs) and like they they would the the joke would happen whenever he would like mess up and everybody would say like ruined but (laughs) but still just the fact that uh everybody was in on this and again i didn't know about it as a kid but showing what he was doing where he was it was a simple show like Mm -hmm. he's just there he's just talking to you while he's painting like he would talk about like these little uh, he really liked taking care of um creatures like different like squirrels and stuff that he talked about like he talked about cats like uh he he really had a passion for it for those of you don't know he lived in like alaska yeah Uh, former drill instructor too by the way former drill instructor (laughs) Um, yeah, there's there's a thing where he had like a squirrel in his uh, in his pocket while he's painting, and he made he made sure the squirrel could like see what he was doing. It was so yeah. adorable. It was yeah. it, it, just little things like that where you can see like he was he was a professional artist, but he recognized that everybody watching his show probably was not, yeah. and he was saying it didn't matter. Just like, like all these other shows, it doesn't matter if like you're a professional baker. It doesn't matter if you're like. Uh, you, uh, if you are the most tidiest person in the world, yeah. the fact is is that you can be, and you can be better, and you can, and we're gonna put this message out here for you. Yeah. Uh, all all of these reality shows, and I think we're gonna talk about a couple of uh, a fictional Not, ones here yeah. in a second. Uh, we, I didn't get it until this last year why shows like this are so important. I hope that we that there is more push for more positive television everything else has this place there, there's a there's a place for drama there's a place for that that for for fiction that has tension there's even a place for nonfiction that has tension and and every not everything is all uh sunshine and roses but mm-hmm. we need a little sunshine and roses too like roses smell good the sun's nice let's, yeah. let's get a little bit out there too i think 
I think that balance is. Uh, I think that balance is important. I think with maturity, uh, we realize how great these things are, and some some have enough of a balance that that they you know that they hit home no matter what. Um, which I would say, uh, Family Matters to me was one of those uh, those shows. I watched the heck out of Family. This this like a lot of people talk about the Cosby Show, but that was like I was a little young, like when the Cosby Show was on. But I watched Family Matters when it was new, and I loved it. Um, and it happened to predictability. Yep, yep. As soon as you as soon as you see it, but. Uh, to me, it was it was one of those feel good shows uh, where yeah, you had some negative things happen. I had a big crush on her, by the way. Um, but like, there Myra, were, yeah, Maria, <laughs> oh yeah, dude, oh yeah. I like I didn't, but um, I mean, it was one of those shows. It was it was it was positive. Yeah, stuff happened, but similar to Cosby Show, where it was like there's some type of message in there that's a, a message of positivity. It wasn't as like like really on the nose where Cosby show like basically just straight up told you what the message of the show was. Yeah. Um, but family matters like was, was really that for me for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, some other, some other shows in where it just became this, uh, thing that, yeah, that wrapped into a bigger picture was, uh, so the TGIF shows, there was family matters, which was yeah. awesome. There was uh, full house, uh, -huh. uh there was uh one of my favorites boy meets world yep um, and those are two i didn't appreciate till i was older as well yeah boy yeah. meets world is so boy meets world's on hulu by the way for those of you like i i went through a binge of it last year because again i was like look I, I just so many things that i r really didn't recognize for what they were trying to do and that is like we family content yeah. you know think about how many shows like there's a big show coming back on Sunday. I'm sure everybody's aware. Uh, can't watch that with the kids, though. Nope. Uh, nope, nope. But we could turn on Friday, ABC, mm -hmm. or I think it might have changed channels at some point, but ABC, and for the next two hours, doesn't matter who's in here, they can all watch this TV. Well, and it was it was family. It's family programming, which I'd say I think Disney does a really good job of this as well, where it's like, mm -hmm. let's make family programming that – you, you you don't just write it off as a kid's show like mm -hmm. it is literally a show that everyone in the family can enjoy like you said um there's a lot of uh like nickelodeon when nickelodeon and cartoon network first came out like it was very nickelodeon was geared like it was like we're gonna make shows for kids and that's yeah. fine but yeah uh tgif was all about like you know your your family it's friday night Friday night families don't go out on the town usually, especially you know if you're more budget conscious. Stay yeah. in, watch watch uh, and watch Family Matters. And um, no, it was, that was, a, it was, that was a cool thing about those things too uh, that I didn't recognize until you just said that in terms of like the budget conscious. Like these were shows about like a lot of times blue collar families. Yeah, like Roseanne, which I, I wouldn't put Roseanne in this category, no. but like, but Roseanne one is one of those shows where it's like. Let's show some real stuff. It's, it's not a it's not a feel good show though. Yeah, there's a, I remember the there's an episode of like Family Matters where like Laura has gotten into a really good school. I forget yeah. which school it was, but she can't go to that school because they can't afford it. 
Um, there's a there's an episode of Boy Meets World where like he really wants like a particular like video game or like something like that, and his his dad is a manager at a grocery store and they can't afford it. Like it, yeah. Full House wasn't so much that way. That was that one was a, a little bit less bound to reality because yeah, there's no he way was they a, afforded that. Yeah, he was a news anchor in San Francisco in a what would now be. A multi-million dollar home yeah. uh i would think anyway uh well that and like it. what what did yeah i guess rent controlled exactly rent controlled it's always rent controlled um yeah well also like you had like you could be like oh well yeah we had multiple adults yeah but none of them made money yeah like they Jay, were all yeah, struggling all... people <laughs> exactly. he was a stand-up comedian yep. uh jesse had a band that was only okay yeah uh danny was on tv but on a morning show and it was a look but it was a local morning show yes. and yeah was, who knows how good those are I, yeah he was not gonna afford that yeah um i we could go on and on and talk about yeah we can shows of positivity uh but let us know in the comments some of your favorite shows that that spark joy for you uh mm -hmm. that you feel will spark joy in others as well and yeah we'll see you later yeah, and just as a reminder before he cuts off is that I'll be posting these probably earlier starting next weekend. We have one more topic that's already planned for next week. Get ready for it because we're going to be talking Marvel, baby. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, look forward to it probably maybe on Fridays, and then that way we can get into it uh, the week after. That was You Made Me Do This. Make sure you comment. Have a good one. Bye.